The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Roz and Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. And y'all... I'm so excited about today. Okay, so my sis, even though you, I say all the time, every person to come on here is my sis, but they are. But like, but this is my That's sis right. too. Yeah, so my sis, um, Margaret, I'm going to be interviewing her today, and y'all are in for such a treat because <laughs> my sis is so bold and so transparent and so herself, and I am super excited about you. Um, hearing her testimony and interview. So before we get into that, I'm going to introduce how me and Margaret met. We actually worked together at a job that I hated. For three minutes. (laughs) Three minutes. (laughs) I was literally there three minutes. She's not lying. I was there. My quit date was before my 90 days was up. Mm -hmm. So before my time. And we met and instantly clicked. And I love her so much. She's amazing. She's actually one of the people who taught me how to be, how to not care what people think or care what to say. Some people are not going to like that. Because it was a struggle. It was a struggle, sis. I mean, you could talk about it because, you know, I was so so sensitive. I was like, I don't want people to be mad at me. And you're like, girl. They're going to be mad anyway. They're going to be mad anyway. (laughs) So she is so amazing and she has such a phenomenal story. She is a mom of three kids, but I just want her to go ahead and introduce herself. So Margaret, can I say Margaret Cowan? Can I give you a full name? Yes. Okay. Give it to the people. It's on the internet. (laughs) Give it to the people. Okay. So Margaret Cowan, welcome to the show, sis. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm so glad I'm here. When Rosalind called me, she was like, I'm so sorry that I didn't ask you to interview before. I wasn't thinking about it. But it's kind of like because we're actually friends, so you just think about me like that, which is fine. But it's cool. I'm glad to be here today to talk because, you know, I like to talk. You know, I like to share my story because God is good. Um and I have a lot to talk about. So yes. I like to talk about it. Yes, sis. Okay. So tell us a little bit about you um, and what you do. Um, presently, I am the founding keeper for a nonprofit for single mothers called I Am My Sister's Keeper. Um, I started it in December of 2018. My best friend uh, got a bonus at work. And she was like, you've been talking about this here's this hundred dollars, go pay and get your charter. And so that's how it started. December 31st, actually 2018, which is crazy. Um, So our goal is to house single moms safely and affordably. And we all know that in Memphis, that's not always synonymous. So that's our goal. We want to own our own property so we can make our own rules. It's not a cookie cutter solution for everybody. Um, it, It will be depending upon the person's need, how long they need to be there, what their rent will be, all of those things. So in the meantime, we do support groups on Wednesday and it's not a support group like, hi, my name is Margaret and I'm a single mom. It's definitely not. not. It's definitely not. It's not not. that kind. 
it's just we come to lift each other up. We learn things. Um, we ask the moms what they're interested in learning, things they want to talk about and discuss. Sometimes we have speakers. We've had Rosalind come in and talk to us about boundaries and things like that. So we have things talking about credit, um, how to save money, couponing. We talk about all the things that moms need to know to be um, able to manage their money, to be able to have less stress. Um, things of that nature. So we do that on Wednesdays. And then on Fridays, we just started last month um, doing, um, I don't even know what to call it because it's a different series every month. But last month we did a self-care series. We had Dr. Alexia Harrigan um, on there every Friday night for an hour, sometimes two hours, child, because it got, it got good. <laughs> and the people was like, no, it's fine. I don't have anything to do. Um, talk to us about how we could care for ourselves. Because yeah. as moms, as people, if we don't care for ourselves, we can't care for others. Mm -hmm. So we have to get to the root of what's going on with us. So we did that last month. This month we're talking about parenting. November, we will be talking about finances. And then in December, we'll do some guided writing with a lady that I met during this doing this work. Her name is Ellen Pruitt. She um, did some guided writing um, with the homeless here in Memphis and wrote a book about it. So she's going to do something like that with us. I don't know if she's going to write a book about us, but um, we're going to do amazing. that. That's amazing. Okay, yeah. so let me backtrack because what you didn't do is you didn't get background. Okay, so Margaret had been talking about this when we oh. worked together back in 2017 and she was like it was a random day I think I came to your house and I think I think uh I can't say our boss because she wasn't my boss but she was your boss at the time made you mad and you had one yeah. of the moments and you was just like sis I can't I can't do this <laughs> and we were sitting outside on your porch you was like I want to open a single mom's apartment complex or something like that and i was like oh sis what you need what you need what you need what you yeah. gotta do so on and so forth and you were like i don't know i've been thinking about this for the longest and i don't know i don't know i just want to do it i really want to do it and i'm like start it and you were like i don't know like i don't right. know houseway house <laughs> <laughs> and oh. and then over time it just became like one thing I will say about Margaret is she's super fearless. Like she doesn't really have a problem asking for anything. She's like, yeah. she asks for the money, the tent, the paper, the grass. She'll ask for the shirt off your back if you will give it. Like, oh my God, I really want to get rid of this shirt. Oh my God, give it to me. I can have somebody I can give it to. <laughs> and so with that, she's like the perfect person for this type of work because she's not afraid at all like that's one of those things I admire about you and so with that being said like okay for one tell us how many moms do you currently serve um we have about 25 that are on the books we'll say we have a consistent about 10 now out of those 25 some of them come some of them don't you know how it could be um, but we have a consistent base of about 10 moms that we that come on Wednesdays and Fridays. And when I say come, they log into Zoom from the comfort of their own home. So, yeah, I'm, What's I'm the pleased age with group? them. What's the age Girl. And, not, and honestly, one of our moms, um, she passed away. She had cancer not too long ago. She was 70-something. Honey, it's everybody. We have our youngest mom, I think, is 20. And then um, the lady that that passed she was she was 72 or something 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's 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 for any age, any color. Because the one thing we have in common is that we're moms and we want the best for our children and the best for ourselves. And so it's it's very diverse. That that's definitely for sure. It's that's very diverse. Good. That's good. Yeah. So because of this, and you started this, you have an amazing motherhood story. So you have three beautiful adult and almost adult girls. So what has that been like being a single mom? Because you've been a single mom pretty much their whole lives, right? Since I was 19. Yeah. Since I had my oldest daughter who is 20 now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, about it. First of all, what their, what their ages? <laughs> what are their ages? Let's start there. Okay, I have a twenty-year-old, a seventeen-year-old, and a sixteen-year-old. My seventeen-year-old will be eighteen next month. Girl. Um, yeah, right. Um, so it's been it's been good. I love being a mom. Um, I really do love being a mom. I love it more now, though, that they're older. I'm just going to be honest. Not that I didn't love it when they were younger, but it's something about them now. We have conversations, and they have their own individual thoughts and opinions and things like that. It's just, it's cool. It's really cool to watch kids grow up. You're about to find this out. Girl. <laughs> it's really cool. I'm starting to really cool. While you over you there go vacation, you know what I'm saying? All right. My kids can watch Elijah while we go on vacation. This is this is factual. <laughs> they grow. This is factual. Okay. No, this is the most fun part for me because even though I'm their mom and there is respect, you know that you've been around us. It's still like they're my homegirls. I'm not even gonna lie. Like we were all in my oldest daughter's bed last night watching National Security, eating chicken wings, and all type of unhealthy things we need to be eating. And it felt like when you and I and Lauren and stuff get together, you know what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. felt like that. And I, I love that. Um, it was rough when they were younger because. Yeah. So talk about that. It's, you, you, as a single mom, a lot of times you never think about it until you have to stop and think about it because you just do what you have to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I had to take care of them and I had to do all these things every day and until I started looking back, I was like, dang, that was a lot. How God, God, only God, you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's no way that I can have, I have, my kids are two years apart and then a year and a half apart, the youngest two. So they're like stair steps in a, in a for real sense. And so it was, it was hard, but God has always, even when I was running from him, even when I wasn't asking him to help me, he always put people around me to like insulate me and my kids. Like no lie. Even mm-hmm. if their daddy wasn't doing what he had to do, their the grandmother did or the auntie or the cousins or whatever. I've always been blessed with an amazing, amazing group of people around me. Um, and they're only alive today because of Jesus. <laughs> because sometimes like when you think back for yourself, like 19. Yeah. A whole child. And having a kid and never and not hadn't didn't live life, but you did live life because we've had multiple conversations about you living life. <laughs> right. <laughs> Living your best life, sis. Okay. And then having to raise three kids. Cause I even remember you telling me, girl, them kids was meant to be here because all three of them <laughs> tell tell the story, Margaret. Oh, the first one I was on the birth control pill. The second one I was on the birth control shot. The third one, I was on the birth control patch. I wasn't trying to have children out here. 
<laughs> it wasn't even like was you were to be reckless. I wasn't. I was not. I was not. I never missed an appointment for anything, any checkup, any refill, all of that. (laughs) So what were some of the challenges you faced? Okay, so like early on, but even going into them being even elementary school kids, like what that looked like, what were some of the challenges you had? Um, Mostly the challenges weren't with my children. They were with who I had children with. Mm. Um, because sadly, um, first of all, let's keep it real. When we go outside of God's plan, we can't expect all these rainbows and butterflies. Like, let's just keep it real. Um, so they were not stellar, uh, paternal candidates. And that, and that was evident in the lack of time spent with the children, the lack of, financial assistance that I was able to get from them. Um, so that was the hardest thing for me, trying to, trying to make, trying to make their life not look like what it was and not for me, not for other people, but for them. You know what I'm saying? You don't want your kids to feel like they don't have what other people have. And it's not to keep up just, you know, regular stuff that kids are supposed to have and that kids need, like you don't ever want them to go without that. And so you, you have to do, I really can't remember a lot of times how things happened. Um, but God, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Like, I was going to ask, did y'all ever go without? We didn't like crazy. It's what is so crazy. One of my little cousins, you met her when she came here. Mm -hmm. She thought that I just had money stashed away because she was like, you was never broke. (laughs) You never, but I never saw you go to work. She was like, I don't know how you did that. Like, what was going on? This ain't that type of show. We're not going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> right, exactly. But no. I already knew, um, I already knew the leg was going to go down, sis. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Um, but no, seriously. Um, honestly, I did have a lot of government assistance. I had Section 8. Um, I got food stamps. I had WIC. Um, all of those things. Um, sadly, our system is set up to make us be okay being on that. And to be honest, I was okay for a time. You know me, I'm gonna tell the truth and shame the devil. I was okay, cause really my rent is paid, whether I have a job or not, we can eat, whether I have a job or not, they can get diapers and pull-ups, whether I have a job or not, why would I go to work? Be, just being honest. Um, but God was like, okay, daughter, you're not, I didn't design you for this. So let me go and take all this stuff from you so you can get your life together. Well, when was that? Yeah. When was that? That was that was after I had moved to Florida when Kamaya, who is my youngest, she's 16, when she was two, we moved to Orlando and I lost my Section 8. It, when I tell you, it's like the craziest, random, like dumbest story. They said it wasn't because of lack of rent payment, of course, because I had Section 8. It was because... I had cable that was a part of my lease that I asked to be turned off, but I couldn't get it turned off because it was a part of my lease. So I didn't even have the cable. So I wasn't paying it. And that is why I lost my section eight. Wow. That's the Lord. Okay. So how did you pick up from that? How'd you pick up from that? Um, I got a job at the school that my children were going to grow. I was the lunch lady. (laughs) I was the lunch lady, hair net and all. I was the lunch lady. 
<laughs> and um, the principal at the school at the time, it was a small private school, she owned a home. She owned a home and her husband owned a home because they, uh, when they got married, they moved into his house. So her house was just standing there. And so she was like, well, I just want somebody to live in it. So I wasn't paying her nearly what it was worth. Um, but that's what happened. I got a job there and I got a house with her. And that's what happened. And you stayed in Florida how long? I lived in Florida for seven years. Yeah, because I moved here in 2011. Okay. And why'd you move here? Another. God, girl. (laughs) I had no. When my mama moved to Memphis, I was like, that is the most ratchet place on earth. I am not going there with you. I come visit you in the summertime. I was like, I'm not. Girl, the, the, so I moved here in 2011, those taxes from 2010, right? Um, I didn't get them. They, they were, it was a school that I had gone to years ago that closed down, which is why I didn't go there anymore. They were doing like some fraudulent stuff, right? So they shut the school down, but they were still trying to make me pay student loans. How you gonna do that? No, that's not how this works. So I did end up getting my tax money, but I didn't get it until I moved here. I moved here because I had no choice. I didn't have anywhere to go. When you, you can't pay your bills, you had three kids and couldn't get them taxes, girl. Oh, girl, and couldn't get them taxes. That's when we catch up on our bills, sis. Now, come on, now. <laughs> That's when we get our life back right. And so, mama was here. I got to come home because wherever my mama is, it's home. You know what I'm saying? So, girl, and for me to get my taxes the week after I moved here. Wow. And been here. Only God. Right. I've been here ever since. I've been here ever since. Wow. I got them the week after I moved here. Wow. Crazy. Wow. Okay, so oh, with that and just kind of talking about, I guess you could say some of the difficulties single moms in general have, you can talk about yourself, but even with looking at the lens of the moms that you help, what are some of the biggest difficulties that you think they have mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually? Um, and this one, I wrote some stuff down because I wanted to remember what to say. Um, the biggest challenge that they have mentally is the stress of having to do everything on their own. Even if you co-parent with someone, at the end of the day, this child lives with you. So if they're sick in the middle of the night, if they have homework, if they have a bad dream, if they wet the bed, all of those things, you have to do them by yourself. Girl, listen, <laughs> let me pause you. Let me pause okay. you. If I didn't have Nico during my pregnancy, I ain't even conceived. Well, I've conceived. I haven't, I haven't given birth to the child. Right. If I didn't have him, I can't imagine the thought process okay not even the physically doing but having to like to pick up stuff and bring it upstairs it's like where it's too heavy yeah and you pregnant and you like i can't halfway walk upstairs without losing my breath like the 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 mental thought of having to do that by myself would make me cry just the thought of it because i can't even imagine so when i i've told you before my hat goes off to you as a single parent but just even thinking of being pregnant and thinking about all the things that are required for a small child. Mm-hmm. He talks about now, cause he's a night owl. He's like, Oh yeah. He's already talking about like, okay, this is what we're going to do when you're up in the middle of the night. You have to nurse, like you nurse, I burp and change the diaper. 
and you go to sleep. But I'm like, right. that's help. That's help that I would yeah. not have had yeah. at all. So to yeah. think about doing that by myself, Alone. Margaret, mm-hmm. I, 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 that would drive me to, I don't even know. Okay. But, and that's, I no, I understand completely, but it's like I said earlier, you, we, we as you don't women, even think about it. You don't think about it because you don't have to do it. Because I have to do it. Like you have, Nico. So you like, okay, I couldn't imagine, but I didn't have this. So it wasn't, I have time to imagine because yeah. I got to get it done. Like it still have to be done whenever I get through. I'm And I cry because you know, I don't mind crying, <laughs> but I cry and I have to get it together and I still got to get it done. You know what I'm saying? It it's so that's that's the mental space that a lot of these moms are in just even though I have to it's just so much because I some of us are still working and still in school so we doing all of this and still taking care of children who get runny noses and diaper rashes and we got to cook for them and we got to make bottles tantrums and all of these things Mm -hmm. so that's where that's where the mental the mental stress comes in and I guess the emotional ties into that and not even just having to do it's it's the having to do it alone but then when the house is quiet and the kids are asleep i'm still by myself so i don't even have anybody to like talk to about today like help me process what went on and and give me a pat on my back and say you're you did a good job today you'll be fine you can do it tomorrow i'm about to cry <laughs> i'm not gonna cry <laughs> but that yeah that's hard yeah that's hard and it's like can we talk about black women on here? Can yeah. we, can we, most of my audience as, is black women, sis. As, as black women, we're supposed to be so strong. I don't know where that came from. I don't know why that is. But so we carry this. Like, we don't cry in front of our kids. We don't cry in front of our friends. We don't do all that. So at night, that's what we do. We cry. Now, I don't suffer from that ailment because, see, I cry right now. Oh, man. <laughs> I cry. I believe it. it. It just comes and I let it come out. But there are some people who just feel like they have to be strong for everybody. And so at night, I'm alone. I don't have nobody to be strong for me. Oh. And so they cry. Huh? Girl. Have you been in a group when we was crying? I think you've been in a group when somebody yeah. was crying. Yes, girl. I remember that. Because you feel like now it's like, oh, it's safe here. Somebody actually cares and understands Enough what I'm going through. To me. To validate me. Because, you know, that's a whole, it's a whole thing when someone listens to you, but when they validate you and say yeah. what you feel is true. Yeah. Because most yeah. of the time, especially when you come to, when it comes to like family with single moms, when you when you feel like I have a lack of support or my support is running out, it's like you can't even be vulnerable because your family is also now like you got to take these kids home or whatever you got to do in yeah. order to just yeah. get through the day. Yep, it's and that's not- one of the reasons why I started this because everybody doesn't hasn't been blessed with the support system that I have. You know, I call my mom my baby daddy. <laughs> like, real talk i don't know what i would do without that lady but a lot of people don't have that and so that's why this group is so important to me and so close to my heart because people have that space where they can be vulnerable and i can cry in here and it's okay and i can be like my kids got on my nerves today and nobody's judging me or condemning me for to be a bad parent i feel like that today it's rough and i need to be able to talk about that i need to say that in a safe place that's judgment free 
Mm. So mm. that's why. That's why it's so important. Because yeah. the, the, the society we live in doesn't allow that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So what do you think are some of the things spiritually? Because, you know, that's a big component of yeah. a lot of things, especially, you know, where, where the area we live, we live in the Bible Belt. So it's like, if you're not the perfect Christian, you aren't this. Or if you aren't yeah. doing this, you're not that. Or I had a child out of wedlock, so God must hate me. Or all these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what do you think, like, some of those things are? I think this, this is what I think about that. I think. I know you have an opinion, but then the actual thought process is, okay, we're going to name both. As a whole, as a whole, we've gotten the concept of Christ and religion confused, in my opinion. Okay. All facts. (laughs) So the, the religion is the people, the religion is what condemns us. The religion is what disfellowships us, from, disfellowships us from church. The religion is what makes us feel like we are the Jezebels, the harlots of Sodom and Gomorrah for having babies outside of wedlock. That's religion, though. That's not Christ. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yes. And so, and, and, but my point is because we've confused the two, we feel like God doesn't care about us. We lose faith in him because the religion has let us down. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 So that's, and even though my, my group is not a religious group, I tell them all the time, I can't talk about my life. I can't talk about my story without talking about Jesus because he's important to me. And we're going to pray in here and we're going to do all that. If you don't like it, step in the hallway. You can come back in when we get done. But this is what we're going to do in here. Um, and I just think that's what, what happened. The, the religion, they got confused with the, the Christ and the religion. And so they feel like they're all the things that the church says about them. None of the things that God says, like we are fearfully and wonderfully made and how there was a woman caught in the act of adultery. So you're caught. So you're naked. That's how I feel. So they done brought you before Jesus, but naked. And he says, he who is without sin. So I had a baby out of wedlock and you really think I'm supposed to be treated like this. Jesus did it. The person that you claim you got this religion from. Hold on, wait, this is not how he behaved. Lame. <laughs> Plain, <laughs> underlined, bold, and italicized. Okay. Amen. You claim. Right. And so that's the problem. And that's what they face spiritually. That's that's even my story, and that's their truth as well. Um, because this is some of the things that we talk about. I have a mom in my group who is not into Jesus because of how the church treated her. When when she first came, she was like, Oh, we finna be in here praying. And and is. <laughs> and he is. but now she's warmed up to the idea because and not that I'm a, a amazing person not because of any good I've done because of the little Christ that lives in me he shines through me for her so she's like oh well this is not at all like I thought about church or religion or we can or talk whatever. about real things here and it doesn't yeah. have to be surface yeah, if yeah. you can say it's hard and cuss about it and and say what you really feel and it's not judgment. Yeah, yeah. Period. Yeah. Period. So, single okay. moms get with a lot of judgment, man. Girl, I love y'all. Are some of the most responsible. But and that. this is the thing that bothers me, Rosalind. All single moms didn't have a baby out of wedlock. Oh, fact. Some single moms are divorced. Some single moms are widowers. Widows. Like, talk about it. No. Talk about it. Talk about it. 
can we talk about single moms who are rape victims? Can we talk about that? But we so busy trying to judge people and condemn them, and you don't know people's story. Mm. Or or single moms who had a baby outside a wedlock, if that, and was in domestic violence relationships. So you mm-hmm. basically saying I'm supposed to marry somebody who's gonna beat me up. Mm-hmm. So I can look good in y'all's eyes. But see, that's the thing. I'm not trying to impress nobody here on this earth. That's why I don't mind asking the questions. That's why I don't mind saying no. Because at the end of the day, so long as my life pleases the father who created me, I don't care what these people think. You've always been about that, sis. <laughs> probably- I'm about that. Y'all gonna you judge us that, anyway. Like, oh, Margaret, I don't know. I used to be like, girl, stop, please. <laughs> they talking about you anyway. They gonna talk about you anyway. <laughs> might as well, be, you might as well be happy when you go to bed tonight. All facts, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, so let's kind of switch gears back to you, but you can talk about this in general. What was it like co-parenting and dealing with your kids' fathers not wanting to be in their life, your face. <laughs> Y'all can't see me on Zoom and she, her face was like, Lord. <laughs> what? No, because I, seriously, unfortunately, I don't, I've never had the experience of co-parenting. I haven't. No, that, um, that was, and that's part of me asking you this because you know what's interesting? I, I had this was so this was so interesting to me. So I actually, so you know, I work in a school and I had to call mm-hmm. a kid um parent today. And the dad was listed on on the um on the on the call log. So I called and he literally said to me, he said, I don't talk to them at all. And I don't mm-hmm. think he even meant it in a way of like he didn't want right. them, but just like he said, I don't fact of the matter. Because I was like, do you have a phone number? He was like, I don't have a phone number for no mom. I don't have a phone number. He's like, I don't talk to them. So, but then I was thinking, well, why is he on here? But then right. just thinking to myself, man, that the, the, the kid doesn't even have a relationship with the dad. But to even say that, to say like, you've told me before, they don't want to be, they don't want to be present. And I'm not going to continue to force. Uh-uh. And so what has it been like having to deal with just over one, because there's two sides to this. And, you know, you've not talked about this, of uh, the impact on the kid. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you have to carry that, but also in general, having to do it by yourself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely unfair. It's extremely unfair. And I think for me, for me as a mom, and and really a lot of the moms that we've encountered in the group, um, we have we carry a sense of a uh, sense of guilt because at the end of the day, you're here as a result of a choice that I made, and oftentimes we weren't blindsided by the fact that he wasn't ish. You understand what I'm saying? It, you, we, there were signs and symptoms, but we think that we're so amazing and that we're so magnificent that we can change him. But then I realized I'm not Jesus and that's not even my job. So, but that's, that's, that's the hard part for me. The guilt is the hard part. And then because of the guilt, you tend to overcompensate in ways that you shouldn't. 
for your children. So not only are they without a, a father, which does them a great disservice, me overcompensating means I allow things that I probably shouldn't, or I buy things that they don't deserve because I don't want them to feel a lack. Um, or I go in debt trying to buy stuff, or I'm getting a cash advance or whatever, so they can have, because I don't have anybody to pick up the slack. Um, a lot of the moms in the group go have gone through, are currently going through some things like that. We have some real tough conversations. People get mad at me sometimes, but that's okay. Because for me, I feel like God told me to do this. And how dare I call myself my sister's keeper if I'm afraid to have hard conversations with you. And it's not me just telling you what I think. It's telling you what I know because I've lived that life myself. I'm not, I'm not going, I can't talk to you about being married. I've never been married. You understand what I'm saying? I can only tell you what I think about being married, but I can tell you about being a single mom. I can tell you about wishing your baby daddy would pay child support so you can get diapers for your daughter. I can tell you about trying to deal with him, even though you don't like him, just so your daughter can have a relationship with her father. I can tell you about trying to make him deal with her, trying to manipulate a situation to make him deal with her because you don't want her to miss out. You understand what I'm saying? Those things I can talk about, and I will talk about them. So if people don't like it and they get uncomfortable, I had a mom who didn't get on the group for two weeks, you're going to be okay. I pray for you. And now you're back because you had to get yourself together because whether we like it or not, it's the truth of the matter. And we have to make changes for ourselves before we can make changes for our children. Girl, and I'm going to tell you because I think about my mom who was married to my dad for like over 20 something years. They finally divorced when I was in college, but they separated when I was headed to high school. So I was going to ninth grade. My mama was a single mom, even she was married to my dad. In my mm -hmm. eyes, like, yeah. now this is my perception. But even right. when she finally left and w I went through all of high school and college where she was taking care of me, she overcompensated because of that guilt. She overcompensated because she felt bad. She felt she felt like she didn't do enough when she was with my dad for me. So she always did stuff. And I feel like that guilt, I feel as now older, hurt her more in the end because she had to push and she went without for the purpose of me. But also too... I felt like he ain't he ain't trying to do nothing. So why are we even trying to go through that? Mm -hmm. Like, right. let's live life. And so right. I think even as an adult now, I, I I process in my mind. Now I've come to the point where I understand he didn't have the capacity. He mm -hmm. don't have the capacity, nor the foreknowledge, nor the understanding of how to be a father. So to put the expectation on him to be this person that he's not is only going to drive me insane and it drove my mom insane. And not only yeah. that, because of the lack of capacity, it literally drove my family apart. It drove my mom and my daddy apart. And so with that, though, as a single parent, thinking, looking at her, I was, you know, in high school at that point. He a dime a dollar mm -hmm. sis you think i mm -hmm. you think i got a dollar 
And so I think about that as a means of like compassion to my mom because of all the things she had to do. But I think also too, what I would have wished for her if she had never taken on that guilt because she did that for both me and my sister. Mm -hmm. And that guilt drove her to make a lot of decisions that probably Mm -hmm. oiled us and made us not become better adults quicker than if she had not and just kind of gave it to us straight. And so, you know, it's two sides to it because I think she carried that guilt. It still probably does. But at the same time, I come to terms with understanding that man don't have the capacity to be a dad. Not the man, girl. He don't even know. He has, even to this day, Margaret, and I can go on a whole tangent about the fact that I'm pregnant and I don't talk to him. Mm-hmm. no capacity to understand yeah. what it means to be a dad. And so I think for a single parent who's having to co-parent is my lens is you literally can only do the best you can. And That's whatever it. gaps are there, I promise you God can feel way better than anybody. Mm-hmm. But while you're in it, it's still hard. Yeah. I'm grateful to God that he helped me see that early on that, that lack of capacity. Cause baby, I was trying to fit them square pegs and them round holes because you know, we go through this thing. We did this together. This should not be only my responsibility. All of those things are true. But like I also said, we saw from the beginning, we saw that this wasn't a stand up guy. We saw that he didn't have a father. We saw the relationship he has with his mother. All of those things, we saw those things. But what what I'm trying to, to instill in the younger moms that we have now is at the end of the day, whatever trash you bring home, it's your responsibility. And I'm gonna tell you why. Not, not saying people get a pass at being terrible individuals. Not saying grown men shouldn't act like grown men. I'm not saying any of that. But if I'm in touch with myself and if I know what I deserve, if I am confident in the way that I was made and created, I won't accept trash. So then I won't end up in situations like this. That's not to say nothing bad will ever happen to me. But if I know my worth, I will make sure that the people who deal with me are worthy. So that's why we did self-care because this is where it starts. But see, a lot of our single moms don't have dads either, okay? They They had a dad who was halfway there or like myself, I had a dad till I was 13. You know what I'm saying? So they don't even have an example of what a man should look like to even go out or to be able to be available to the right man. So it's a, it's a, it's a cycle. And the thing is, we have to break it. Okay, what happened with your mama and them was what happened with them. What happened with you and the kids you have now is what happened. We can't fix that. We can't undo that. But we can change going forward. So my, you can talk to my kids, what you have. I am not the same parent that they had when they were little. I'm a different person. And that's because of God. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, I wish I had done things differently. I could have done a million things better. But I do it now. I spend time with them now. I have conversations with them now. I make them my priority now. And they can and see they some, And let me say something. They some bomb kids, sis. <laughs> them some Thank bomb you. kids. Thank you so much. And they're responsible. But God, they're responsible. Right. Yeah. They're respectful. They're independent. They're just bomb kids. But, just, but the just, way they was raised, honey, they weren't going to be that way. <laughs> they was going because their mama was too busy trying to live her best life. Okay. 
you, but you lived your best life, sis. It wasn't uh, trying. You did. <laughs> I'm just glad God got me before it was too late for the children. Amen. Amen. <laughs> because yeah, but but this what? But this is the thing. Was it my best life? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We say that because yeah. Yeah. that's what the world is saying. But is it my best life? Yeah. Yeah. There's so I could have finished school earlier. You, yeah. There are so many things that could have been different, thus better, had I chosen the 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 road less traveled. I guess yeah. I would say. Yeah. I mean, so it, it it wasn't at the time it seemed my it was fun. Now that ain't no lie, but it wasn't my best life. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh huh. Uh-huh. That's yeah. It was. You think about but, those things now, and it's like, what could I have done? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The money I could have saved, not drinking gin. Come on, <laughs> come on. Somebody might not need financial aid if I hadn't done that. <laughs> but it's all right because God is a provider. Yes. He take care of what they say, old folks and food or babies and fools. <laughs> he take care, he care of everybody. So, so yeah. with that, then, like, okay, so switching gears, talk about your relationship with God and how. How did you build your personal relationship with him? It wasn't intentional. That's for sure. Um, It wasn't. When I came, I never wanted to come to Memphis. Like I said before, I was super emphatic about that. Like, no, that is not the move. I lived in Orlando, Florida. Who leaves Orlando and comes to Memphis? Like, no. Um, And when I first got here, it was a terribly lonely place for me now you know I'm outgoing and I never meet a stranger and all of that but it was like I moved here from another country I felt like I didn't speak the language mm-hmm. people didn't understand people me here. I was always girl you know we different we are so <laughs> girl we are a different breed of people Literally. it was hard and you know because of you you have <laughs> your face sometimes you'd be like why do they act like this? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. It makes no sense. But so, but that's, but that's how God does. If we don't come to him willingly, he makes it so he's our only choice, our only option. And that's really what happened. I'm an extrovert. I'm sure you all can see this, even though you can't see me. <laughs> I'm an extrovert and I thrive off the energy of people. I like to have people around me. I like to make people happy. I like to make them laugh. And I was very, very lonely when I got here. And I was raised in the church. So I knew of God and I had learned the red scriptures and all these things. But when I got here and I was by myself, I was just like, he was kind of like, you ready now? <laughs> you mm-hmm. you ready? You All the noise is gone. It's quiet. So And so that's really just what happened. And it's so crazy, Rosalind, that you don't realize. Like it says, I can't even quote the scripture correctly, but basically, seek, yeah, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, right? And so when I started seeking him, I met people like Rosalind, and I met people like Madi, and I met people like Lauren, the people that I even... We work together briefly, but we yeah, are friends. <laughs> we are still friends because you are a person that God put in my life. You know what I'm saying? When God puts people in your life, they are there for a reason. Even if you meet them in passing, you're like, I just really like her. And I don't know, weird way. <laughs> like, I like, I want to be friends with her. He, all of the things have been 
drawing unto me and it's it's because of nothing I've done. It's yeah. just because I try yeah. to make him my priority. I try to show him to other people. Yeah. And so he just, yeah. he just keeps blessing me because Yeah. And 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 one of the things I will say is like that I admire about you is like you are very you don't code switch. You don't change up. You're very mm-hmm. you're you 24/7 pretty mm-hmm. much all the time and then you get you get what you get and so i think you know i think that that shows the value of who you are one in god's eyes but two how he made you to be because Mm -hmm. you because you're like that that's what draws people to you like even when we used to work together (laughs) y'all used to come to margaret people would just literally come in the office just to talk to her and she was like, right. I have work to do, y'all. Like, get out my face. And you were I'm trying to make sure y'all get paid. Y'all gotta get paid. And you were so like, people were probably calling me, but you were so honest. Like, I literally can't talk to you. Get out of my face. And people would just come back. Come back. Yeah. And so I think because of the way you are in your honesty and transparency, it automatically draws a certain type of person anyway. Mm-hmm. So... I just think that there's just something that you exude anyway. So, yeah. And that's and that because I have that's God because I haven't always been comfortable. I know we've had conversations like I just can't see you <laughs> not being like this. There was a time when I did put a lid on myself because it made people uncomfortable, and it wasn't really rising until about six, seven years ago that I realized what you said, this is how God made me. And if the people around me can't accept who I was created to be, those are not my people. That's me trying to fit that square peg in the round hole again. Because my people are my people. And y'all think I laugh loud. Rosalind laugh loud. <laughs> Girl, I do that. Girl, to the but, point where Nico is like, I'm wondering how this child's laugh is going to be. <laughs> he told his friend at the day, and I looked at him like he was crazy. I said, why you said he said, because your laugh is something serious, babe. He said, I just wonder how this child's laugh going to be. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's gonna be good. He might be real quiet because you've been loud. I'm gonna tell you why. Because the way he be kicking me, he's not quiet. He's acting. Cartwheels and all that stuff. Carrying on. Why my ribs, child? Pray for my ribs. Okay, I'm currently like I literally was in a meeting this morning. This is a whole tangent. I was in a meeting this morning. I was making faces, and they were like, "You are like this child is literally kicking my ribs." Okay, I I don't know what else to tell y'all, but I'm just gonna be making faces in this Zoom meeting. Okay, so. Okay, so yeah. I want to talk about something as we get into talking about my sister's keeper. But how did you figure out your skill sets and deciding what you wanted to do? Because I feel like, especially as a single mom, and I've heard this from friends that are overall in general women, but just moms, that gets lost. Mm. and taking care of our kids and they feel so disqualified or this they disqualify themselves before mm-hmm. they even step out to do anything and so yeah. like you're very type a like me <laughs> we, we type a people but you're a type a that's like i'm gonna get it done and it's gonna be done period you have your little checklist yeah. and all that kind of stuff and so highly organized very strategic very 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 much so a person that is like 
can put something together really quickly. So how did you figure out your skill set? Um, it's actually, a, it's kind of funny, I guess, or ironic. Um, back in my more wayward days, <laughs> I was always having parties. I, Cause I love people. I'm like, I'm a cook. Y'all bring all the drinks, y'all bring the games, y'all do all of that. And like you said, I would just put it together. And I'm calling people because I know who's good at what. And I've always been good at that. And they're like, how can you get some so-and-so to do that? I asked them. You ask them to do something they're not good at. Or you ask them to do something they're not comfortable with. But I've paid attention. And so I know, like, you'll bring this because I've seen, you know, whatever. So I didn't even realize that that was a skill set. I just... I want to have a party. I want people to come over. I want to laugh and I want to drink and I want to talk. Um, it wasn't until actually that I got here and I really can't remember. Oh, yes, I do. So when I first um, started embarking on this nonprofit journey, I simply adore this organization called Momentum Nonprofit Partners. Completely shameless plug because I love them. Um, they, they have taught me a lot that I know about um, nonprofits and they're just good people. They're just really good people. So anyway, um, I don't have a graduate degree yet. I just finished my associates this summer. I do wanna go get my bachelor's, <laughs> all that. Um, I've been anti-establishment, but that's another podcast. <laughs> uh, but I, I did, I did, when I first started in this work, honestly, I walked into a room feeling underqualified because everybody else had degrees. You know, I'm good at things. I know that. But um, I didn't think they were marketable skills, as you would say. I'm just good at things. And so it was Kevin, Kevin Dean, the CEO of Momentum. We were doing um, an executive director boot camp. And he was telling us to write, you know, we have to write down what you're good at and blah, 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 whatever. And so I'm writing stuff and I'm just writing, you know, I, I make people feel comfortable and I get things done. Now I do know I'm a leader. I do know that I put, I'm a leader or whatever. So he decides he wants to pick up my paper. Don't, don't read my paper. And so Kevin's reading off my list, or whatever. And he's like, and I bet you don't see how these skills, all of these things make you a prime candidate to be an executive director. And I'm just, even though you don't believe I get shy, I do. Talk, I am hot. If I was lighter, I would be flushed in my face. And he was like, every single thing that you listed is what makes a good leader and a good manager. And you didn't even have to go to school for that. And that was like two talk years about ago. it. Because <laughs> I was just putting, you know, just stuff about me. And, you know, I'd heard it before, but you know, sometimes it takes a certain person to tell you or the way that someone tells you and he was like, the person you are makes you qualified. And I guess, too, because the society that we live in teaches us you got to go to school, you got to go get yeah. your associate, your bachelor's, your master's. They don't, your teach doctor, you that you they don't teach you executive function. Like, they don't teach you none of that. They don't teach they don't you executive teach you people function. skills. Can we they get into that? They don't teach you how to send a fax. No, they don't. And when you ask they them how to send a fax, and they say, well, you, well, how do I do it? you like, you didn't, you, you have a degree, you don't know how to send a fax. They yeah. don't do executive functioning skills, sis. They don't. They don't. And, and I didn't, I, I didn't realize that. So that's kind of when the light bulb went off for me. Um, I really just thought I was good at getting people to do stuff because I'm the youngest of two brothers. So I'm 
I've been like working people my whole life. So I really thought that was it. But that's what he was saying. He was just like, these are skills that you can't teach people. The, the things that I need to be taught, I can be taught. But he was like, you have skills that people can't learn. Um, and he was and like, they're naturally so embedded in you. They are. They're embedded in you. For y'all that don't know Margaret, she is just highly, highly organized and can see stuff as like, oh no, this is all over the place. We need to fix this and create a whole new system. And like, we'll say, uh-huh. this doesn't work because of these reasons. That's not something you learn in school. Mm. You may I would know when- I didn't go. <laughs> Yeah, like you don't learn that in school. You don't learn that. No, I'm telling you now. But you don't learn that in school. And it's very, very, and because of the way that the things flow, you know, I remember when you went through at the job and we did all of the binders for the employee. And I was like, what is it? And you were like, I got to put everything in a slip cover. Like it needs to be nice and organized. And I'm like, why? And you were like, they're all over the place. If we get audited, they're 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 not in order. But just simple stuff like that that prevent long term, you know, yeah. impact. And so and so with taking all of those skills, then how did it get it you started with starting my sister's keeper? Because you guys, I never literally a year. Let me just let yeah. me say almost two years now. The stuff yeah. you've done in two years, I'm like how how do you how do you get all this girl you know i know you know you're gonna be like it's the lord but (laughs) seriously like but what's crazy rosa i never wanted to be an entrepreneur i think we talked about this before i am good at i know when i go to work i know when i get off i know how much i get paid i know how much pto i have i know how i can manipulate the rule book like i was good i was good with that this is just really not something I wanted to do as bold as people think I am. I I'm not as bold as I would like to be. I honestly did this. I wanted to do it. Yes. But I did it because God again, left me no choice. He knows his children. He knows what he has to do to make us move. And he had to take my job away. I didn't get fired. The whole place closed down. <laughs> like The company is no longer. And he'll be, he talks to me like I talk to y'all. He'd be like, so you ready now? Like, you ready to do what I said now? And that's just really how it happened. I, I, get, I can be comfortable. Most of us, we can be comfortable. And God is good at ripping my box away. And that's what happened. And like I said, that happened. And then right after, my friend was like, I got this money. I know you saying this is why you haven't done it. I'm about to give you this money because now you have no excuse. Now you just have to do it. And literally, it was like I did that, and the Lord just opened up the floodgates. <laughs> like everything just started to happen after that. I had I knew the lady who plugged me into Momentum. She works there. Her name is Dorian Spears. Um, I met her on LinkedIn several years ago. I reached out to her about something else because I wanted a job in a nonprofit, but I didn't have a degree. I had all the experience, but I didn't have a degree to get it. And she was really trying to help me. I didn't know that she worked there. I don't even think she worked there at that time. But I started reaching out to her. And that's how I got plugged in with them. And that's how I've gone to all the classes, girl. When I tell you how God works, the boot camp that I was talking about cost $400. I did not have $400. 
they offered a scholarship. I applied because I'm going to apply. All you can tell me is no. And so they offered a scholarship and the scholarship was for $200. And I was like, Lord, I, I still don't have $200. The person, the date, so it was supposed to start on a Monday. That Friday, Troy, he used to work at Momentum. Troy Wiggins called me and was like, you still need the rest of the money? I was like, yeah. He was like, well, the, the deadline to accept scholarships was yesterday. And somebody they offered it to never replied to the email. $400, that was for me. You can't tell me that was not Jesus, whether you believe in him or not. I can't chalk that up to chance or to destiny. You know what I'm saying? That was God. He moved that for me because I needed to be there. We got our 501c3 in three weeks. That never happens. Anybody who has one be like, what? It took us eight months. It took us six months. It took us a year. Three weeks. We didn't have the money for it. We got some rewards back from the bank. That's how we pay for that. So if I, if I was never clear on if God wanted me to do this or not, all of those type of things, and I have multiple stories. You know, Rosalind. I have multiple stories just randomly like this. in the office, like just randomly. Just randomly, for free. <laughs> just randomly for free. Somebody just gave me two file cabinets from the Hilton. Just came and dropped them off. I didn't even have to go get them. Just gave them to, and they nice. Just gave them to us. People I don't know from New York sending us $1,000 checks. Like, what? Girl, please. Don't make me have church up <laughs> here today. <laughs> and, but I think that's a beautiful example of we try to disqualify ourselves so much. Yeah. Yep. And we try to look okay okay look try to look like something and be something to say we something and it's like god will be like mm, okay all right let me put somebody else who who knows me and who knows what i can do and trust me to mm. do what i need them to do and it was simply and and ever since then like you did um Fed the homeless. How many people did y'all feed that, that week? 267. Okay, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, just out of wanting to share, give, and do it. And so I think that answers so many things about you could think you're not this, you could think you're not that, yeah. you could think you're this, you could think you're that, and God will literally blow your mind when you trust him. It's like what they say. It sounds so cliche because we hear it so much, but like I'm literally walking that. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. You told me to do something. How, how are he going to tell me to do something and not make sure I'm able to do it? Not give me the resources. Yeah, not give me the wherewithal to do it. Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. I need edges <laughs> for this, okay? <laughs> how? It's just like, but because... We put him in a box. We make him small when he's never been small. He's always proven to be big and we make him small. And then he's like, let me, okay, see, you have forgot. So let me remind you. Let me get you together. Yeah. So off X. So tell us how you know people can support my sister's keeper. Give me all your money. No. <laughs> <laughs> we actually accept. We do need money all the time. Um, and I'll tell you the ways in just a moment. But we also accept gently used children's clothes, gently used children's toys. 
Um, I don't really want to get into taking clothes for the moms just yet. If their kids have things, then they could buy things for themselves. Because at the end of the day, we're trying to teach them, help us be self-sufficient and all that stuff. Um, so gently use things for, for kids. Anything you can think of. Somebody bought a breast pump. She didn't like it. She was like, I promise it's clean and sanitized and it's, it looked like it. I asked the mom if she wanted, she wanted it. They're expensive. She couldn't afford it. Um, so any, don't, nothing is too weird. If it's for a baby or a child, we will likely take it. You can drop it off to me at my free new office, or I can meet you to pick it up. Our office is at 685 East Mallory. The times are scheduled. So you have to call me 901-281-7626. Um, we have Cash App, we have Venmo, we have PayPal, we have a website. Um, Everything except for Cash App is I am my sissy's keeper. I have everything um, for y'all in the show notes, so don't you worry. Yes. I am my sissy's keeper.org is our website. Um, and you can go on there and see what we're doing. We post pictures. I do a blog there every week, every Sunday. I'm proud. I've really been <laughs> doing it every week. Um, so we do a blog there. We also sell t-shirts. They say I am my sister's keeper. They're very nice. Um, they are $30. And $17 of that goes directly to us. Um, so after we pay for the shirts and possibly shipping, if we have to, we get to keep $17 of that. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. Oh, we yeah. do, and food donations, non-perishable food ga items. Gas cards, grocery cards, all that stuff. Anything, all the things. <laughs> People will eat, reach out to me and be like, do you take, I'm like, is it free? Yes, <laughs> we, yes, we take it. I mean, these are people and they're, they're parents and they have children. So whatever you need to take care of your family is the same thing that these moms need. So we take all of those things and we take your change, loose change, dollar bills, <laughs> Bitcoin, <laughs> stocks, bonds, mutual funds, all yes. of it. <laughs> yes. So I will leave all the information for you all below donate if you have it donate because it goes to an amazing 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 place and margaret is so good at making sure the moms have what they need so thank you sis any last thank words? you sis thank you what'd you say any last words i am my sister's keeper and so are you Amen. All right, y'all. I love you and I will see you next week. Check the show notes for all the details from Margaret and I'll talk to y'all soon.